0: What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez. As always, this is episode two of the regular season. Finished watching, obviously, live last night, uh, Milwaukee Bucks versus the Philadelphia 76ers, which was a super awesome game. Uh, Playoff vibes, uh, you know, a lot of mistakes, a lot of just awesome. There was a lot of intensity in this game. Um, and it was it was a very fun watch. I think it was the best regular season game we've had so far. Obviously, because of the fact that we have two powerhouses in the East, a lot of storylines to follow when it comes to these two teams. Uh, obviously, Lakers Clippers, the rivalry that never really was, in my opinion. But Lakers Clippers, uh, the dumpster fire continues to snowball as I speak. And yeah basically want to talk about those two games. This should be a quick episode. It's going to be a quick talk about these two games and yeah, let's get right into it. Things already getting out of hand. <laughs> right, but but I'm not I'm not an overreactor. I am just acting to this couple of these couple of games right i mean just wow you know the sixers bucks game i'm obviously going to start in order sixers bucks was kind of it, it was it was a i don't even know how to describe uh it was such a playoff vibe game for me uh you know watching Giannis pick up where he left off just dominating um so I'll start with that, right? Um you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh let me read you his stat line real quick. 21 points, 3 blocks, a steal, 8 assists, 3 rebounds, right? Just a solid game, 2 for 5 from the free throw line though. You know, uh didn't really shoot well from the free throw line. Uh I think the fans actually got free Chick-fil-A because he missed two free throws back to back. Uh I think it was him that missed those free throws. That caused that free Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets for the fans in Philadelphia. Uh, One for three from three, which is fine. You know, it is Giannis. Um, You'd like to see him, you know, take a couple at least a game. You know, keep the defense honest. If the shot does fall, it creates problems for the defense because now they have to figure things out, right? Nine for 16 from the field, which is obviously his strong suit in the mid-range attacking the basket. You know, this is the type of team... And I'm talking about the Sixers. The Sixers are a, are the type of team that, to me, the Bucks should not struggle too much uh, battling, right? That's my opinion, even though this was a very tight game. The reason I say this is because, you know, we, we've we heard a lot of things about the Sixers, about the Bucks. Now, you know, the weakness against Giannis, you know, you've heard it in the past. You just have to wall up, right? Pack the paint and whatnot. Um... I just want to say this about the Sixers, though. Stan Van Gundy mentioned a stat which still holds true today, right? During the game, Stan Van Gundy was talking about, you know, how Embiid isn't getting back on defense, right? The, the up and down, the, the kind of running game, it's, it's really, really making Embiid struggle. Right, he looks slow footed, doesn't look energized, doesn't look good. And I'll get into that as well because I just heard some news about what Dark Rivers had to say about uh Embiid's conditioning from what it looks like. Uh, but yeah, you know, he has looked slow footed in these last couple of games. He has not looked good despite the stat line, you know, from game one of his season opener in Philly. Game two was obviously, you know, it's a double double game, you know, 15 points, uh, a block. But he had four turnovers, you know, uh, 12 rebounds, three assists, you know, uh, shot one for three from the three. He shot six for 21 from the field. He was just in love with the jumpers. You know, if, if Embiid really wants to make the opposing team feel good, he's just going to do that. <laughs> right. Like like Embiid is he's that guy that he's one of those players that you you want him to do what he thinks he's good at doing, right? He is good at shooting for his size, right? Like, we know that. He likes the fadeaway. He likes the stepbacks. He likes the mid-range pull-ups, contested shots. But let's be honest, his strong suit is in the post, right? He is damn near unstoppable in the post, right? Anywhere near the rim, he's pretty much unstoppable. And last night, he's just in love with the jumpers, right? Just... Taking mid-range jumpers, shooting threes, fadeaways, and they were all off. You know, just not good, right? Not a good game for Embiid. And, you know, this was an awesome game for James Harden. But James Harden, back to earth, right? Percentage-wise, right? Back to earth and not back to earth in terms of, oh, this is what he's going to shoot. But guys, he shot amazingly in their season opener, right? Like It was almost like James Harden couldn't miss. And last night, you know, one for seven from the three-point line, James Harden, right? 14% from three, right? Just, you know, four for four from the free throw line. He obviously knocked down his free throws. He had nine assists, eight rebounds. He had 31 points, you know? So it was a, you know, stat sheet stuffing for James Harden. James Harden, as poorly as he shot from three, he was unstoppable attacking the basket. Like this guy, his floater game is amongst the best in the league right like we've seen his floater over and over and over and over again right like when he gets a nice a nice uh a nice some nice space right to get somewhere close to the rim on pick and rolls he just has just an elite floater game right like it's almost like he just can't miss right he does not miss those floaters he went 13 for 24 from the field so obviously 54 percent which is a good percentage from the field. Um, but you know, like I said, you know, not defending like in game one, it's obviously not his game, right? But he was playmaking. He was really clutch down the line of this game. James Harden was, it almost, it felt like it was James Harden versus the Bucks, right? Um, you know, James Harden was awesome. Tyrese Maxey had some moments, but kind of, you know, he shot three for four from the free throw line. So, you know, making his free throws. Missed all of his threes, you know, not a good game for Tyrese Maxey, right? Kind of not around. And then we get to the the guy that I've talked about a couple of times on this pod, right? Tobias Harris, right? Just another no-show game for him, right? Nine points, you know, but he did have two blocks, a steal, two assists, and he did grab 10 rebounds. You know, so he was useful in that sense. But remember the contract, guys. 1 for 4 from 3, 4 for 10 from the field. He was basically doing nothing out there for the most part, right? Like, yes, he rebounded. He kind of picked up defensively. But they needed offense this game. And it seemed to have only been coming from James Harden. You know, James Harden basically was carrying the Sixers all throughout uh, that game. And the sad part about it is the Bucs are playing without Chris Middleton you know um and so that's a that's a big 3 member of the bucks right a guy that shoots 38% from 3 obviously above league average damn near elite three point shooting percentage uh he's a two way star right because he can really defend i would say 1 through 4 these days if not if you really want to get uh critical of chris middleton 1 through 3 Right. Uh, but nonetheless, that's a third guy that they have that can score and defend. Right. Part of that three man uh star team, uh kind of like their their three man lineup, right? Like they're just their their three best guys Giannis, uh Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday, you know? And I want to say this obviously, Brooke Lopez was awesome. For the for the for the Bucks, right? He shot four for twelve from three, so he chucked up a lot of threes. But Brook Lopez made him when it counted, right? And he had a couple of blocks in this game. Seventeen points. He was giving Embiid everything Embiid could handle. Embiid did not want any part in that one-on-one against Brook Lopez. As crazy as that may sound, Brook Lopez just has transformed himself, right? Like he's become such a good. Uh, paint defender, right? Like a one-on-one defender in the post. A guy that can sh- block shots, grab rebounds, get out there and shoot threes, spread the floor. He can score in the post. Brook Lopez is massive for this team, right? Definitely a guy they need. Grayson Allen came out hot to start the game and then he kind of disappeared, right? Couldn't couldn't get a, a shot to fall, even though he was part of some important plays down the stretch. Um, You know, it was... It, the game was it was saved by a nice three point shot by Wesley Matthews late in the game. Um, but you know, the Bucks really moving the ball, running up and down the floor. Um, you know, it's it goes back to what I wanted to say about Stan Van Gundy. So 28th in fast break points allowed, right? So basically the the 76ers were the third or second worst team. In terms of defending against fast break, right? Against the fast break. And it it looked just like this. It looked like this last game against the Celtics. And it looked just like that against the Bucs. So the formula to beat these Sixers is obviously run up and down the floor. Because you have two guys on the Sixers that do not want to run up and down like that. And that's James Harden. He does not want to run up and down the floor. And Joel Embiid, right? And those are their two best players, right? Tyrese Maxey has no problem playing full-court offense, right? Like running up and down the floor, cherry-picking, or or just going downhill coast-to-coast, coast, beating the defense before it sets up. That's Tyree, Tyrese Maxey's specialty, right? He, he likes to play fast. He ups the tempo for the team. He pushes the pace. But Embiid and Harden, not fans of the up-and-down run run up and down the floor constantly get back on defense okay cool we gotta stop let's go back on offense or or we got scored on let's run back up the floor no you know what i mean they and they tried to play much faster which is the crazy part right doc rivers constantly talking about pushing the pace you know i'm looking at doc rivers on the sidelines just flailing his arms right like which is Whipping his arms around in the air as soon as the Bucks would score, like come on guys, like go go go, right? Like just like whipping his arms in the air in a crazy way, right? Like just getting, he wants the Sixers to push the tempo. And I'm gonna tell you this, man: if the Sixers play fast, it could end up hurting Embiid in the long run. I don't think it's sustainable for a guy with injury history like Joel Embiid. Um, that's just my opinion. You know, uh, all in all, though, the Bucks won the game, it was awesome, they won in Philly, the Sixers 0-2, you know, and you want to go ahead and say, well, you know, 0-2, they played the Bucs, they played the Celtics, you know, two of the teams that people predict to get to the finals, right, two of the best teams, but, you know, I don't want to dismiss that because they played two of the best teams, in fact, I actually want to say that it is a big deal. Because these are teams you have to get by and beat four times in the playoffs, right? So you can say it's a hard schedule all you want to start the season, but these are teams you have to beat, right? And these are teams that run up and down the floor. They lock down defensively. They can outscore you. They can beat you in a bunch of ways. These teams are deep. These teams are experienced. These teams have both been to the finals now. Um, I'm talking about the Celtics and the Bucs. Both of these teams have been to the finals. Obviously, the Bucs won. The Celtics came somewhat close. Um, You know, so the Sixers aren't hungry on defense, you know, and they're stagnant on offense, right? This is, you're hearing it all over the place. This is not the Philadelphia 76ers. This is the Philadelphia Rockets, (laughs) right? Like, it looked a lot like it. You know, James Harden scoring in isolation, step backs, Uh, difficult shots, attacking the basket, kicking out to three-point shooters, kind of, you know, Embiid just standing around, right, giving the ball up or taking bad mid-range jumpers. Um, So I read a report, um, actually, right before I record this pod, and the report here says, it's from Doc Rivers, he says Joel Embiid had plantar fasciitis, and that took him off of his conditioning program. So that goes to show that what I'm saying about these last couple of games um, you know, it's kind of right, right? Like it, what I'm seeing is is what I thought, right? Like I was I was thinking, man, Embiid looks slow-footed. He looks kind of sad. He looks like out of energy, like he doesn't want it. And I will say, you know, if you're not conditioned, obviously you're not going to be energized. So that could be a reason. Um, but I still think the weakness for the Sixers is running them out of the building, right? That's something that a lot of these teams are going to be able to do. The Heat can run up and down, the Celtics run up and down the Bucks can run the Bucks can run up and down you know Brooklyn wants to play fast um you know things like that so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Philadelphia you know is this the Doc Rivers farewell tour <laughs> i'm obviously trolling i'm obviously exaggerating but uh, am i though you know am i am i trolling am i exaggerating i don't think so you know because let me tell you if the Sixers I mean, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm certain that they'll keep Doc Rivers through all of the season's struggles because, you know, this is, they're kind of giving him the reins, you know, free reign to kind of coach this team and just do whatever he wants, right? So I think that they'll let the season play out if they don't, if, I don't, I think if they don't win a championship, I think even if they make the finals and they don't win, I think Doc Rivers is gone. You know, I think enough is enough. Right. He makes a lot of excuses. Uh, there always seems to be something wrong when he doesn't win. Um, You know, he says that that uh that winning a title would be everything. But but, he, you know, you have to be realistic. It's hard to win a title, blah, blah, blah. You know, we all know it's hard to win a title. We all know that. But we don't want to hear that, you know, because James Harden took a pay cut. He clearly wants to win a chip. Joel Embiid is tired of early eliminations in the playoffs. Joel Embiid wants to win a chip. P.J. Tucker doesn't join teams unless he's here to contend, right? Um, You know, you got guys that are hungry that want to win right now. So no excuses. It is championship or bust, you know, for these Sixers. It's championship or bust for the Bucs. It's championship or bust for the Celtics. It's championship or bust for the Heat. For the Warriors, for the Lakers, who they ain't going to win anything. But, um, you know, these are teams that are playing to win, right? They're not saying, oh, our goal is to make the playoffs. No, no. The goal for these teams are to win a chip, right? Um, Anything else is failure. You know, however you want to feel negative about it, that's how it goes. OK, um, you know, so that was my my experience watching this game. It was awesome. It, it, it really went to the wire. It was man. The leads were changing, um, you know, tough defense from the Bucs. Harden was hot, uh, you know, but all in all, it's it's a loss at home to the Bucks with no Chris Middleton. You know, Drew Holiday had a bad game. Right. Making the difference on defense, obviously, and moving the ball and putting some pressure on the other t- on on the Sixers. But, you know, Drew Holiday had a bad game flat out. It was not a good game for him. Chris Middleton didn't even play, you know, so. So if you're the Bucs, you feel really good about this win. If you're the Sixers, I think you feel really down about this about this loss, especially because it's the first home game and now you're Owen, 2. So you're already climbing, you're already climbing, and the season just started, right? Um, so you know, I I liked watching this game. I got a lot of information from watching this game from both teams. Giannis really utilizing his teammates. You know, he has really changed the way he plays the game. Like he used to attack nonstop, bad, bad decisions, right? Just dribbling into traffic and things like that. Now, he's setting multiple screens. He's giving the ball up. He's uh, just a screen and roller, right? Uh, Playing in the dunker spot. You know, giving the ball up, man. Just looking for the team. He wants the team to be involved. Get guys confident so that down the stretch, they're all warmed up and ready for big shots. It's a good strategy. Giannis is the ultimate team player. I fully believe in the Bucks. That This is my pick to win the finals. I'm not overreacting, but it is my pick to win it all. Um, you know, it was... Well, it was an interesting game to watch. Uh, it's really entertaining to watch Doc Rivers uh, stress over you know, the wins for this game because he knows he's on the hot seat. He, he, might, he might push back on that and say he's not on a hot seat and that he just thinks about coaching games. But come on, let's be honest. He is on the hot seat. There's no doubt about it, right? Uh, but yeah, I want to move on to the, to the last game of the night, which was <laughs> the Lakers and the Clippers, right? Uh, by the way, the Laker game, uh, the arena was empty. Like, there was barely anyone out there, uh, fans-wise. It was an empty game for a game that has both L.A. teams, right? Just goes to show the fans are probably like, meh, you know, I don't, I don't want to watch this, right? Like, it's, it's a Clipper, it's a Laker beatdown, right? At the Lakers' home court, basically, right? Like, it's just, it was a disaster. So, you know, Darvin Ham was caught by the broadcast, Uh, In the middle of a timeout, right? He's showing his clipboard with a simple game plan written on it. And all it said was contest without fouling, (laughs) right? Like this guy, I like Darvin Ham. The team has has definitely improved on defense. But this isn't 2004, man. It's not the 2004 Pistons, okay? Uh, You know, the Lakers were fine defensively. It's the offense that's killing them. And that's what I'm continuing to say about this team and how it stacks up against the rest of the league, right? Here are some notes I have down for this game, right? So, same starting lineup, right? Uh, Lonnie Walker, Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, uh, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, right? Disaster lineup. The shooting is awful. The spacing's terrible. You know, the defense obviously is, you know, it's fine. But... The shooting, right? The spacing, the lanes are packed. There's no space for AD to operate, LeBron to operate. Um, But one thing I will say, because I'm not ignorant to this, it's the same starting lineup because obviously Darvin Ham isn't going to take away confidence from players after one game, right? If you start changing up lineups too early, you give guys the impression that you don't trust them. You know, honestly, even if this lineup sucks and it's a disaster, right? The right way to go about it is what Darvin Ham is doing. Right. Just keep the same lineup for a couple more games, you know, kind of give give an impression that you trust these guys. Right. That you're going to let them play through mistakes. Right. Um, But, you know, LeBron starts off more efficiently. Anthony Davis starts a little quiet. This is one of those games where he just loves the just loves the, the mid range field goal attempts. Right. Jumpers, jumpers, jumpers. He takes a crazy fall. He comes back in the game. You know, but this team really locking up defensively, um, you know, Lonnie Walker came out shooting with no hesitation. He scored a lot of points, um, you know, but not just shooting a lot with no hesitation. He was making his shots, you know, I actually like the Lonnie Walker acquisition. I just don't like Russ, Pat Bev and Lonnie Walker out there at the same time with LeBron and Anthony Davis. It doesn't make sense. It needs to be scrapped as soon as possible. And I'm not going to keep beating that dead horse, right? Um, you know, it's actually sad, but funny to see how hard the crowd cheers when any Laker player knocks down a three. <laughs> because it just goes to show how bad the team shoots collectively, right? And that it's a celebration when a three-point shot falls, right? Just, just kind of like a thing that I noticed about watching these Laker games, right? Every time a three goes in, it's like we won the title. <laughs> that's like, that's so sad. You know, it's just so sad. Uh, the Lakers fought hard. You know, they kept it close. A lot of really good stops. Just a lot better on defense this season. But, you know, you got to look at it big picture, right? Like, yes, the Lakers played good defense. They locked up. They got awesome stops. They looked really tight uh, as a as a unit on defense, right? But remember, Kawhi barely played, right? Uh, Reggie Jackson didn't have a good game, you know, Uh Giving buckets, though, you know, somewhat. Morris giving you buckets. Norman Powell had a bad game, but he still gave the Lakers buckets. Paul George wasn't even that good, and he gave you some buckets, and they still won the game. John Wall comes off the bench to give you buckets because he has a huge chip on his shoulder into this season. You know, Kawhi comes at the end of the second quarter and lights the Lakers up. It's ridiculous. You know, seeing Kawhi come into the game, late into this beatdown, it's like it's like losing a one-on-one fight and then you get jumped shortly after. <laughs> like, just to add insult to injury, right? Like, like you lost a fight, kind of like a fair and square fight, and then you get jumped right after, right? Kawhi came in and just lit him up. It, he was a little rusty. It wasn't like a, a historic great night for Kawhi, anything crazy like that. You know, he was definitely rusty because he's been away for some time, but he came in and immediately gave them some buckets. You know, so the Clippers are just so deep. It's it's unfair. You know, it's just not fair. You know, against a Laker team that they don't even know who's good enough to start or even finish games. Right? It was a disaster game. You know, you can we know the percentages. You know, we know the Westbrook stat line. You know, 0 for eleven, just not good. Right? And then he gives his 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 press conference saying that he played solid. You know like what big why because you came out and showed effort okay you showed effort but you weren't solid you you didn't you didn't score like you you didn't do much you know yeah you showed energy you 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 put pressure on the other team's defense when you attacked but you know continuing to be the same problems you know I want to keep this episode short and I just wanted to do a quick breakdown you know the Lakers look awful man Um, everyone's talking about these picks and they should trade them. I heard JJ Redick on first take, uh, basically saying what I had said a couple of pods ago, right? About those picks. Um, you know, everyone's pressuring Rob Pelinka to, to, to trade these picks, but do the picks, let's say you get Buddy Heald and, and Miles Turner, do they make you better than these other contenders? I don't think so. I don't think so. Does it lock you in as a playoff team? I would say so, yeah. The the team fits better. The players are better. You know, you get more players. You know, you hear Stephen A. Smith. Oh, well, you get two players for one. You know, you get a shooter. You get spacing. You get a center in Miles Turner uh, so that Anthony Davis can finally play the four where he wants to be. But it's beyond that, guys. We have to think about the Lakers are going to suck a couple of years from now. Um, you know, and they would have to pay Buddy Heald later or decide what to do with that expiring contract coming up soon. Miles Turner's coming up soon. So it's like you're going to give up your future again to maybe lose in the second round. You know, because there's no way with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald is this team better than the Warriors in my opinion. I don't I don't see them better than the Bucks, the Warriors, um maybe even the Celtics, you know. Uh there's a lot of teams out there. You know, the Mavs can be trouble, Memphis can be trouble, the Clippers can be troubling for these Lakers. So you know, who knows what's going to happen with that. It was it was entertaining to watch the Lakers. It sucks, you know. I, I have the feeling that the listeners, that you guys probably think like, man, Vic's favorite team is the Lakers. <laughs> and he just destroys them every chance he can get. I can't imagine a team that he hates, <laughs> right? Like, it's almost like I hate the Lakers, but I don't. It's just that I've been a fan since 2002. And... Frankly, I'm sick and tired of the impatience, giving up the future, uh, you know, for sloppy uh, trade decisions and and, you know, thinking that we're going to we're going to keep guys on discounted contracts just because we're the Lakers and thinking that the Lakers can get anyone they want because it's the Lakers. Times have changed. You know, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of teams. Money is huge all over. Across the board in the NBA, you know, um, lifestyle has changed a lot in a lot of these other cities, right? It's not like it used to be. I'm not gonna say Utah and Minnesota and Cleveland are places that you want to be nowadays, but it's damn near better than it used to be. You know, uh, things are a little bit better than 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 before. You know, these are old old styles of thinking. Oh yeah, people want to come play for the Lakers. That's not exactly the case all the time, you know. So. That's something that I grow tired of, you know, and I'm also realistic. I'm not some blindfolded fan that thinks that every season, just because LeBron's on the team, that they're going to make a run, right? I'm realistic about it. I think they can make the playoffs realistically if they all stay healthy, um, but I don't think they're going to get anywhere, right? Like maybe a first round exit, you know, second round exit at best. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not unrealistic like that, but you know, without letting this pod run too long, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm going to try to, I'm going to watch a couple of games tonight. Um, I'm going to try to catch up and watch a couple other ones from from before that I missed. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.